if you want to crush your quota, you're in the right place. My first year in sales, I sold $758,000 on a $150,000 quota, and that was just the beginning. I'm your host, Mary Grothy. I'm a former number one B2B mid-market SaaS sales rep turned CEO. I've sold millions in revenue, broken multiple records, and now I run a company that rebuilds revenue engines and creates top sales performance. This isn't a show about achieving quota. This isn't about being okay in sales. This is about being number one and learning what it takes to crush your quota. As a number one rep, I was asked, what makes you number one? I mean, what do you do that's different from other reps? I remember my VP of sales of a $300 million division of the company I was selling for of a $1.7 billion company at the time, trying to figure out what made me different. And honestly, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I had an idea. I know that I worked super hard, but that's a really vague general statement. Great. Congrats. Pat on the back. You work hard. Yay. Yippee skippy. But what were the specific things that I was doing on a regular basis that other salespeople could replicate in hopes of increasing their performance? I thought about this question a lot over the last decade. I have been asked this question multiple times and my answer changes depending on what I'm thinking about. I jotted down some notes for this podcast and I want to share them with you. I want to give you a glimpse into really what I was doing to be number one. And a lot of it has been affirmed through clients through the years with direct feedback. And then also, as we've taught some of these skills or attributes or have hired for these types of characteristics, we've seen them correlate to top sales performance. So this is proven. I think one of my best attributes is that I have high urgency. I don't waste time. I get things done. I just do it. I just get it done. It's done. There's no excuses. I do the work. I make it happen. High urgency means I don't wait. It means I have super low patience. I want to just get the tasks off my plate. And I don't settle. I don't make decisions to not do things. And I think in a sales career where my prospects and clients benefited from my high urgency as I never wasted time. I took what would normally be 10 to 20 hours of a sales process and put it into a single one call close. I was so efficient. I did all of my pre-call plan and preparation and printed off the paperwork, had multiple versions of pricing and presentation decks. I had the demo memorized. I knew the technology inside and out. I didn't need a sales engineer. I could do all of that. I was so high urgency. Why would I let a process take three months to sell a prospect if I could do it in an hour. I mean, it really was like 10 hours behind the scenes crammed into it. But that just sounds silly to me. Why would you do something that takes so much more time if it can be done shorter, quicker? So for me, this urgency, I also stayed true to my word. When I told prospects, I will follow up with A, B, C, and D within this amount of time, it got done. And I heard so many times from my prospects and clients how quickly I responded and that they could always count on me. And I would hear that I would get the next step scheduled or everything followed up on or my follow-up email or introductions to references or you name it, whatever the next step was, they'd be shocked. I would be out in the field all day. So I get up at 4.45 in the morning. 
um, back when, you know, we all used to go to an office, that thing called an office, I'd get in in the 6 a.m. hour, first one to turn the lights on. I'd hammer out administrative work. I'd have my day prioritized, set up all my pre-call, my call list printed off so that I was in my car for outside sales. I was making calls in between meetings. I had my calendar printed out in case I didn't have uh, connectivity or Wi-Fi or could get my computer up. I had so many tools and at my fingertips and I was prepared. I had everything I needed. I had my lunch packed in a lunch box and my snacks. I had bottles of water in my car. I had everything. I knew where I was going. I knew which way was up. I was organized and I was focused. And I would get to the office and I had all of that set and prepared. Some days I would even do telemarketing in the 7 a.m. hour before the gatekeeper got there, but the executive team was there. And I would do telemarketing early or I'd send emails early to get it into the CEO or CFO's inbox before they got slammed with everything else from the day. So I would send it during off hours, but I got work done. I got it done. And then I had my meetings scheduled not at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. What a waste. I had them at 9, 11, 1, and 3, which was enough time to run an hour meeting with a buffer in case I was closing on the spot with applicable drive time to the next meeting. And if I had any downtime in between meetings or any meeting canceled, I always had a backup plan. I knew where I was going and I knew who I could fill in with that time, whether it was a prospect, a client, a referral partner, or whoever that I could go visit that was nearby, or if I just had my call list and could make calls in the car. Now, look, I know our selling environment has changed and we're doing a lot more with virtual sales. I think it'll come back around eventually, but depending on when you're listening to this recording, it could mean something different to you. Even in virtual sales, being disciplined and having your calendar set up and prioritized and being of high urgency and getting everything done, not postponing, not waiting. For those of us working from home right now, man, is it easy sometimes to just be like, okay, I'm throwing in the towel for today. I'm exhausted. We have Zoom gloom. We're burnt out. I mean, there's no separation between home life and work life. Everything's bleeding into the other one. And yeah, it's tough right now. I totally get it. Salespeople, most of us feel and get energy off of other people. And here we are sitting in our home offices by ourselves, like super boring, very counterproductive to fueling up a salesperson. So then we try to solve that with Zoom, which really just drains us all. And that's not fun. I get it. I understand there are challenges right now. But you have to get the job done. That's BQ, the behavioral quotient. You have to do the work. Like you're fooling yourself right now if you think that you can just do enough but get great results. No, enough yields enough or mediocre. Doing just enough to get by. You need to be over planting seeds and watering and harvesting. It's just the seed planting philosophy. The seeds you're planting today, your thoughts, words, and actions, that's the harvest that you reap months from now. So what kind of seeds are you planting right now? Are you putting good seeds into the ground? Are you going to bear good fruit? Are you going to bear mediocre fruit or subpar or bad fruit? It's just how it works. What are you doing today? That's what's going to yield your results. So it might be time to have a gut check moment on what you're doing. But high urgency is one of those qualities of me that I know I've heard feedback from. I've had people tell me sometimes I need to just slow down a little bit. I'd rather be told to slow down than have to be told to speed up because I think it's easier to take my foot off the gas a little bit, just lighten up a little bit, slow down, adjust my speed to those around me for whatever project or process, sales conversation, whatever it is that I'm working on. Great. But as far as 
in life in general, I just don't waste time. Why? I think there's a saying out there. Oh, I'm so bad with sayings. Like, don't put off to tomorrow what you can get done today. I, I think I actually said that right. Hmm. Anyone who knows who said that, I don't. Regardless, get it done, especially in the world of sales. Like your prospect, get it done. Okay, here's a story. My husband works for a phone company and he's a field technician. And he gets to service homeowners and business owners, and he will help them with their internet and phone. So he's a technician. He'll go set it up. He's also like the top referring person for sales, which is amazing. That's my husband. And he will be standing there with a homeowner who needs to upgrade. It's like, great, let's call the sales office. And my husband, the technician, calls the sales office, and then they sit there on hold forever. They get a salesperson, super non-urgent, doesn't move the process along, really slow. Then they wait days for follow-up. Here's somebody, a consumer with money to spend. They have a need. They're ready to spend money to get it. And there's like zero urgency on the salesperson side. And it is so annoying. Don't people want the money? Don't they want the business? Like you'd think that every salesperson had high urgency. Well, they don't. And it's really disappointing on the buyer side when you have a non-urgent salesperson. Or how about you have a sales meeting? When's the last time you bought something? And they said, yeah, I'll type up a proposal for you and I'll, I'll get you the numbers. I'll have everything in your email. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Brutal. We got our house painted this spring. And they're like, great. We have all the measurements. We have everything we need. You'll have a proposal in your inbox by Wednesday. And I'm like, one, it takes that long for a proposal. You guys are nuts. Maybe it's an industry standard. I don't know. I haven't worked with a lot of painting companies, but it was days before we'd have our proposal. I'm like, this is seriously insanity. Wednesday came and went. Thursday came and went. Friday came and went. I asked my husband, hey, did they just not CC me on the proposal? Like, did you get it? And he's like, no, I didn't get it. Seriously? Like there's a salesperson on the other end of that delaying the process, not following up with a proposal when they said they were going to. I've heard more stories about salespeople actually not following up when they say they're going to and losing the deal because of that. You know, there's there's trillions spent in the training industry. And sales so many CEOs and business owners and training departments and executives will invest money year over year over year over year in sales training. And all these reps go through this training and then they go back to their desk and they don't do anything different. And then they have a prospect who's interested in actually buying something and they don't even get a proposal. I'd like to say that that doesn't happen, but it happens. If you're one of those salespeople that's lackadaisical in your approach and you're not following through, that's bad. Like what's wrong with you? <laughs> Be in the sales profession because you want to win. If you're in the sales profession and you're not doing whatever it takes to succeed and being a person of high urgency and getting things done and going above and beyond for your prospect and your customer, I mean, my husband shared that story with me and you know, it makes my head spin. And I would love to say that, oh, that's so atypical, but we have worked with so many sales departments where we have salespeople that are so uh, low on the urgency scale. It's like, I can't want this more than you want it. If you're not 
high urgency and excited about progressing deals and moving to the next step and crossing those tasks off of your list and going above and beyond and showing and proving to that buyer and building trust of how reliable and responsive that you are, sales may not be for you. I mean, sales is a profession where your professionalism and the way that you show up to the role, it's everything. You can't make them wait on you. And so here I am, CEO of SalesBQ now. And our business development cycle goes in waves. We have a small team. We have about uh, 12 people on our team right now. And each VP that I have can only serve three clients. And that means I only need to have, well, as of right now, we have three VPs of revenue. So nine clients on our books. Well, those clients also spend a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. So it, it's a big sale. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty hefty sales process when I need to build the pipeline. But our clients in a six-month agreement have a renewal point. And that renewal point, they may stay on for another six to 12 months. And so for me, we don't have a constant business development need because I'm not interested in employing like 50 VPs and being a you know, $100 million company. I'll save that glory for somebody else. But here I am with the VPs, when somebody I know is coming off of the service, I will start the business development cycle. So we've built our inbound marketing funnel. We can just turn on the engine when we're ready to fill the pipeline. We also have our referral sources, which we are so grateful for. So I just tap into it. I turn the business development on. I can do a few outbound calls to our trusted network, turn on the marketing, nurturing, et cetera, and start building up the pipeline. Well, my husband knows that when I have a sales meeting, and by the way, everything we do is custom. So no proposal tool out there <laughs> that I have yet found will work for us because I handwrite every proposal. I mean, it is down to the specific words coming out of my prospects' mouths about what their goals are, what their revenue challenges are, how we're going to construct the engagement, how we're going about it. For the price tag of our service, we are completely customized in our approach and what we do. So I, it takes me sometimes two to three hours to build a proposal, depending on the scope of the project. And my husband knows when we are in business development mode, when I am in business development mode, he knows because I do a really great job of shutting down work at about 4.30 every day, 4, 4.30 so I can get my son. I cook dinner every night. I really am family oriented and, and focused and present with them in the evenings, also in the mornings. So he knows tonight I have a proposal I have to get out the door and he gets it and he understands for me to be selling a service like what we have and make my prospect wait. Do you think they're okay waiting? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes they even tell me, Mary, it's okay if you can't get to it in the next couple of days. I really don't need it until this day. That's my chance to shine. That's my chance to prove to them that they are important, that I value them that I want to earn their business, that I'm serious about solving their problems, and that I have high urgency. Because I think that high urgency is one of the most well-respected characteristics in a business development professional and also in executive leadership because you get things done. Nobody wants a procrastinator. Nobody wants somebody that's mediocre or just do good enough. Like You have to shine. If you want to be number one, you want to make money, you want to perform in this profession, well, this is one way to do it with high urgency. 
And I think with high urgency just comes that work ethic and not missing any details. You don't want to have high urgency and then let all of your details fall to the wayside. Like you can't be someone of high urgency and not detail oriented. So you just like steamroll, <laughs> you know, it's, that's not good. You need to have the perfect combination where you're still willing to do the work. So be urgent and committed to doing everything that you need to do throughout the day to be pristine. Also, I think that when you set the expectation with your clients, I, I, I mean, you, you set it without saying it, how you are on the front end and how you treat them and how you follow through and how responsive you are on the front end of the sales process is usually representative of how the future relationship will be. And I think your company can only go so far to represent themselves. It's you. People buy from you, the salesperson. And when they see how you treat them and how focused and serious and thorough and task-oriented and you follow through and you're reliable and responsive, that is the best audition for your company. It starts to share with them about who your brand is and what your company stands for. Now, yeah, I trust me, there's fall off, right? You could be a superior salesperson and then you sell a deal and hand it over on the back end and yeah, operations maybe doesn't act the same way that you do. Things fall through the cracks or whatnot. Like I had that. I had some really amazing operations partners and I also had some that weren't as great. Regardless, when I sold something, I would see it through. And back in my payroll and HR sales days, I'd see it through. I would stick around through implementation. I would ensure that never any, I mean, nothing ever fell through the cracks if, if I could control it. And I was there, I was present and gave them that same service. And then even after they became a client, I would still stay around and I would be their bat phone if they ever needed anything and give them that service that was above and beyond. And do you know how they paid me for that? I mean, because, right, that's not my job description. I'm a salesperson. I'm supposed to just sell business. But do you know how my clients paid me my invoice for that? They paid it in referrals. And they paid it in being a reference. Like, that's not wasted time. Doing right by others and being amazing, doing remarkable work, that's never wasted. Loving your prospects and your clients and being emotionally invested and genuine in solving their problems, trust me, those are seeds you want to plant. Those are never wasted. Being somebody with high urgency and pristine in the follow-up and knowing how to show up and execute, that's what makes top sales performance. This isn't a podcast about achieving quota. This is for people who want to be number one. This is what it really takes to be a top performing rep. You have to do something different than your peers and your competition. You have to cut through the noise. You have to stand above them all. You have to make it the easiest buying decision ever by your prospects because it is undeniable what you bring to the table. And that's how you become a top performer. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Quota Crusher podcast. Did you like it? Be sure to give us a rating and share it with your friends. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Lastly, if your company needs a boost in revenue, like real revenue growth, send me a message and we'll discuss how our team builds revenue engines for our clients, covering all facets like marketing, sales, rev ops, and customer success. Until next time.